Hello and welcome to A's Plus, the San Francisco Chronicles podcast on the Oakland A's and Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Chronicle A's beat writer Susan Slesser, and today, A's second baseman Tony Kemp. Probably the perfect person to talk to right after an A's Astros ball. We'll go through all of that, plus talk a little bit about the recent winning streak and Kemp's acclamation to platooning at second base. Coming up next on A's Plus. Tony, first of all, I think the thing that's on most people's mind right now um, is uh, sort of the hijinks Sunday in the game, uh, the finale against Houston. And you guys uh, wound up kind of with an on, on-field brawl situation, such as it was when uh, Alex Centrone was waving Ramon Laureano, basically, and challenging him to fight. Laureano charged the dugout. You're a former Astro uh, I'm imagining you have a, a little bit of a interesting take on it. How did you see things? Um, you know, after Moan got hit, you know, obviously he'd been hit a couple times in that series. And um, whether it be control or not, you know, Ramon is a pretty emotional guy. And, you know, once he heard some things about his mom um, walking down the first baseline, I mean, I uh, I can't blame him. I mean, um if somebody said something about my mom like that, I don't think I could hold back either. Yeah, but it does make sense. Did you did you happen to talk to any of your former teammates either as things were happening there or or afterwards? You know what? I actually haven't talked to anybody on the other side. I kind of, you know, that's uh, you know, these are my new teammates now, and I kind of, you know, I'm not over there anymore, so I kind of left it alone. I don't really want to, um, you know, ask him how you know, their team is doing, you know, now that I'm on the A's, you know, their, their business is their business. So, um, I kind of just left it alone. It's interesting. Obviously Houston's won the division, uh, each of the last three years and the A's have been, uh, in the playoffs the last two given Sunday, how much of a rivalry is this, is this really starting to be? Do you think that the, the Astros see this as a real rivalry? Do you guys see this as a, as a really pretty strong rivalry now? Yeah, being on both sides, it's definitely a rivalry. There's no question about it. Um, you know, I, I remember being uh, Houston Astro and going into the Coliseum and, uh, you know, knowing what those games meant and especially when the A's came to town, uh, you know, what that series meant. So, yeah, there's definitely a rivalry there and there's definitely some, you know, high competitive nature uh, between both teams. So it's definitely always fun, um, you know, a series with the Astros and, uh, we played we played them well last time we played them, and hopefully we continue doing that. Yeah, how important was it to to sweep that series? Is is that a statement? You know, they're they're missing some parts. Obviously, they're not quite the team maybe that they were last year. But does it still send a message? Yeah, I think you can't you can't take anything away from what this team has done this year so far, uh, going in and you know just taking you know each moment, each pitch at a time, and uh, playing together collectively as a unit has been great so uh you know obviously when you when a team comes to town you want to at least take two out of three but uh to wait uh to be able to take all three games against them was uh it was definitely a statement that you know we have a good team yeah that's that's no no doubt about that now you did play for the 2017 Astros. We asked you about it when you first reported to spring, which that's yeah, probably the great great way to show up to your new team is have a bunch of reporters you don't know asking you about um, the one of the bigger cheating scandals to, to rock baseball for ever. Sure, for sure. <laughs> but um, you were very thoughtful in your responses, and um, since then many of your teammates uh, from that team have said 
you were clearly one of the people that did not benefit from that. The audio tape and videotape all support that. Um, looking back, kind of what, what was that like for you, you know, having to answer some of these questions, but also being there in 2017 when stuff was going on? I mean, you were just a guy who was going up and down at that point. Yeah, I mean, obviously they had a good team, and I think I just wanted to keep my head down and play as hard as I could in, in 2017 because, um, you know, I knew that the team was stacked, and, and if I wasn't going to play in the big leagues with them, I knew that there was other scouts coming to the game. So I just tried to not really concern myself with what the um, future, you know, had for me. I just wanted to play as hard as I could and, you know, did get a September call-up that year, but you know, at the time, I just didn't feel comfortable, um, you know, with everything at the time. So I just decided to decline and uh, just I was swinging the bat well. So I just wanted to continue to with my approach at the plate. Yeah, that's a tough position kind of for a, a young player to be put in. And uh, I, I did like the fact that your former teammates kind of immediately stuck up for you in the in the wake of that. Uh, I asked you this the other day when we had a, a video call with you, but you're a player who really likes to have fun on the field it's obvious you know you do the back flips I've seen you out there with a couple little like dance kick kind of things when you when you reach base uh, have you always been like how did that develop yeah and I think it just it came from you know my brother tells the story of you know when I was little and getting ready for a three o'clock game at you know eight nine a.m and I just think I've always had that um that energy on the field just because um, I know that, you know, baseball yeah, at a young age, I was like, man, I know that this game is not going to last forever. So why not play it with the most enthusiastic characteristics that you can? And, um, you know, we're uh, now I'm being on the field with some of the best people ever to step foot on a baseball field. It's uh, it's even that much more rewarding and that much more fun to be able to be a part of um, some of the best guys to ever put a uniform on. And, uh, you know, now being on this team, you see, you know how hard these guys work and it's uh it's great it's it's I always feel like this is kind of where I'm meant to be uh right now is in terms of my career it's just uh you know these guys uh they, they mean a lot to me and I've been on this team for a long time but I can tell that uh the relationships and the friendships I'm building right now are going to last a long time so I'm excited to keep going on with this team I'm I could tell that they're just a bunch of hard workers and you know, they come to the field every day with the with an attitude that they want to win. And um, if they don't, the attitude is even to whereas, you know, so what? Tomorrow's a new day. And that's how, especially in this game, you need to have a short-term memory. And uh, you can tell that these guys, uh, you know, they know how to win and they know what they want. When did you start doing the backflips? How, how did you learn to do it? When did you kind of start incorporating that? That's very sort of Ozzy Smith. <laughs> Yeah, so I actually grew up, um, my dad, he grew up in St. Louis, he was a big Cardinals fan, so uh, he used to uh, show me Ozzy Smith clips, and his favorite player was Bob Gibson, and uh, even his garage code was, um, I think his ERA was 1.12 one year, so that was that was uh, my dad's garage code one year, so he was a big Cardinals fan, and I remember watching Ozzy Smith do backflips, and me and my friend... Uh, we're practicing on the trampoline, and then we decided to just take it to the to the ground, just just being boys, and uh, got comfortable with it, and then started doing it. Um, I we we had a Cooperstown series when I was 12, and I did it in the opening ceremonies, and got really comfortable with it, and then 
kind of translated onto the baseball field and uh you know whenever i'm dragging or feel like i need a little kick of adrenaline that's usually when i'll do it or um you know sometimes i'll just do it mainly mainly just sometimes for the fans um but uh it's it's a fun little it's a fun little routine that that i do i don't do it all the time but uh hopefully they uh snap some pictures when i do do it so it's a good time yeah it's pretty cool i mean who doesn't love a nice backflip a well-executed <laughs> backflip um that's one of the things i think i asked you the other day is there are no fans right now so i was like are you still doing stuff like that because it kind of looks like you are but how how weird is it for you with no fans there and you're still you know you, you got some showman in you yeah i think that uh you know i've always been a player to feed off the you know the crowd and uh you know that energy but it's a it's different right now playing in front of you know cardboard cutouts and uh you know i, th- I still think it's fun you have your team there and that's honestly all that matters and uh, you know, it doesn't take away from what the goal is, but um, we can, I can definitely say that fans uh, make the game of baseball, you know, they make, they make the game uh, what it is and they make the, the, the game even, even more fun. Yeah, that's a, for sure. I think we're all really learning out, you know, baseball is not quite the same without people in the, in the stands, rears in the uh, seats or. hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, did I see you wearing the, some Kelly green socks the other day? Did you, did you go for the Kelly green? Uh, yeah, I, I'm wearing the, the, they're like, uh, the stance socks stirrups, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, that's right. And, and the white shoes now. So you are full on like classic Oakland A's, I think. I'm just trying, I'm just trying to fit the, fit the role of what it is to be an Oakland A. That's it. Uh, well, that, that definitely works. Um, you've also been walk, walking a lot, which speaking of uh, the way Oakland A's love to do things, I think we all know that from Moneyball, that they, <laughs> they love the on-base percentage. How? What's kind of been the key for you as as you've been doing that? Yeah, right now I just you know want to stick to my approach and get a good pitch to hit, but then again be patient because, you know, I know being at the bottom of the lineup, um, you know, you got guys like Marcus and, um, you know, Ramon and, uh, Matt Olson and Chapman at the top. So I'm just trying to roll the lineup over and see a lot of pitches. And, you know, if they challenge me, then I'll go for them and I'll go for those pitches. But if they're not challenging me, then you might as well be patient and get in an even better count to one, three, one and uh, kind of see where it takes you. So, uh, yeah, I've just really been focusing on that and, uh, you know, honing in on my approach and the guy, the hitting guys here, Darren Bush and Martins have been great. Uh, those guys are in the cage all the time and, you know, have to give a lot of credit to those guys for, you know, the success I've had so far. You can read more about the A's Astros brawl at sfchronicle.com. And to subscribe to the Chronicle, go to sfchronicle.com slash pod. We'll be back in just a moment. You seem like one of those guys who profiles as a leadoff type guy. You know, you get on base, you've got some speed. Do you really take mm-hmm. that kind of hitting ninth as like the second leadoff guy kind of opportunity? Yeah, it's. I mean, honestly, it's a great, it's a great way to um, know that you are one of the guys in the lineup that could, you know, be a second leadoff hitter, and that's a good thing because. Uh, you know, you might not get as many at-bats as the leadoff position, but it just means that you have to hone in on your at-bats, you know, that much more. And I like that. It's kind of a challenge. And so uh, being able to do that um, and know that um, I'm going to be at the bottom of the lineup uh, taking a lot of pitches for these guys 
who are on deck and, you know, like Marcus and who's coming up behind me, uh, it's a big deal. And so um, usually it's the communication of I'll, I'll usually tell them, hey, like if I'm if it's a certain situation in the game, you know, the scoreboard will tell you or the pitchers pitch count will tell you, hey, if I get a first pitch fastball here, you know, I'm going to be aggressive. And so it's um, letting those guys behind, you know, kind of what your approach is going up into the plate before you get there. So once they get on deck, they're not caught off guard. They kind of know what you're going to be seeing at the plate and they can kind of make their plan off of what you do. So uh, it's all about communication. Yeah. I mean, having the top of the lineup, particularly uh, with a lineup that you guys have hitting behind you is, um, I mean, that, that's got to be a fun position to be in, especially when you get on base at the, the rate you are too. Now you're also um, playing second base a lot. You're in a sort of a pseudo platoon at second and Mm -hmm. along kind of the similar lines, you've got Chapman and Simeon on one side of you and you got Matt Olson at first. Mm -hmm. What is that like for an infielder? Ed, you know, I, I always make say the term iron sharpens iron. And, uh, you know, these guys have gold gloves and platinum gloves and Marcus has worked his butt off at shortstop. And, you know, you don't want to be the weakest link. So it definitely ups your game uh, to the ability that you want to play up to their level as well. So, uh, yeah, I kind of take I've always taken my uh, defense with a lot of pride and uh, you know, uh, coming up through the minor leagues, a lot of people <laughs> had negative uh, comments about me playing second base. And then uh, when I won the gold glove in the minor leagues, um, it kind of, you know, I wasn't really concerned about what other people were saying. It just, I knew how good I could be at second base. And then I took that until my work every day. And I just wanted to work at it and not stop. And, um, you know, I take a lot of pride in defense. Are you feeling pretty uh, comfortable now in that in that sort of semi platoon? Yeah, I mean it's great. Uh, I have the utmost respect for Pender. I've really actually grown close with them over the last couple of years because we both were kind of in the same roles, being with the A's and being with the Astros. And uh, when we both got drafted, and he was with Vermont, um, we had kind of um, you know talked to each other, and uh, I knew he came from Virginia Tech. He knew I went to Vanderbilt, and. Uh, so, yeah, we've known each other for a good seven years now. And being able to both be in that platoon role, uh, you know, we're rooting each other on every day. It doesn't matter if um, the other guy goes three for three or oh for three. We're still going to be in that guy's corner. And uh, we kind of let each other know that, hey, like, I don't want to be I don't want to have any animosity towards you. I'm not going to be rooting against you. I always want I always want you to do the best because this game is already hard enough. And uh, there's no time for that. And, you know, we only have one. Uh, really goal in mind and that's go to the playoffs and you know win the world series so being able to be in a platoon with the guy who uh is not rooting against you you know you've kind of seen you know you can kind of see that across the league you know some guys might be you know upset about that but that's not the case here we're both guys in a in a role and we understand it and uh i think we both uh do the the role pretty well yeah, that's that's true teammates right there. How, mu- how yeah. much of a luxury is it when you're not necessarily playing every day in the field to have somebody like Matt Wilson, six foot five, gold glove, first baseman right there for you? <laughs> yeah, Matt's uh, Matt's been tremendous. I've known Matt uh, for a little bit now. He's he was actually going to come to Vanderbilt, but decided to sign out of high school. And uh, then we played in the futures game together back in 2015. Uh, so I've had some history of Matt and especially playing against him and you've seen how well he's always played first base very proficiently. And, um, you know, he slowed the game down very well. And, 
uh, it's great. It's great to know you don't have to make the, make a perfect throw over there, and uh, he's going to swallow it up. Yeah, there are a ton of great third basemen in the American League, and and obviously Nolan Arenado, who you guys just saw um, with the Rockies. Um, where does Chapman stand for you? I mean, the kind of the regular eye popping plays he makes. Now that you're seeing it on an everyday basis, what do you what are your thoughts about him? I mean, he's a he's an unbelievable talent. He goes out there every day and treats every game like it's his last, and especially how well he played last night is just a glimpse of you know, what he can do. I mean, he's a franchise player, and, um, I mean, the gold gloves and the platinum gloves uh, are go hand-in-hand, hand. and uh, if, if he's not your uh, top, you know, third baseman in the league, then I don't know who is. Yeah, absolutely. He he said something interesting the other day on a call, um, essentially, like, well, look, we're, we've been on this nice winning streak, and we still haven't really put it all together offensively, although, obviously, you guys are kind of showing signs of that recently. Um, yeah. So... so we're playing this well, and we've still got room to improve. That's a really good sign. How, how do you see that? Yeah, I mean, it's correct. We haven't, you know, I agree with him. Um, once these bats get going and uh, the boys start rolling, um, I think that even more wins are or are to come. So uh, it's important that, you know, we just stick with our routine, keep going. Um, a lot of guys, obviously, a lot of averages are fluctuating right now, and you know, that doesn't take into account how many hard hit balls are hit right at people or how many one hops are hit right at people or how many just misses there are in those swings. So um, if you're actually watching the games, you see that the, the guys are putting together great at bats and we just have to continue to do that. Loriano has obviously been one of your most consistent guys through since the start of the season, potentially losing him for up to six games. Obviously, he could appeal, and, and I would imagine you guys probably will appeal that. But but what might that do to your lineup? But you guys do have a very deep outfield core. Yeah, I think that this team has always um, had the mantra of, you know, next man up. And so, um, you know, and we do have a deep bench, and we do have guys who can uh, fill that role. So, uh, yeah, uh, obviously losing Ramon will will be a hit, but I think that um, whoever's uh, filling in that role for Ramon while he's gone, I think that they're going to do it proficiently. And um, I think that this team is very resilient. And uh, I think that um, hopefully once Ramon comes back, we uh, we won't miss a beat. But um, yeah, I think it's just next man up kind of deal. And um, we're ready for that. I Before I let you go, I really need to talk to you. I think probably most of all about your plus one effect um, oh, that you've okay, started. Yeah. yeah um, because in the wake of the George Floyd death in Minneapolis, mm -hmm. you, you started a dialogue with fans and, and you now have this plus one effect thing. I, explain what you're trying to do and kind of what you, what you got out of, um, you know, talking to fans who maybe don't come from similar backgrounds or political, political views the way you did. Yeah, I mean, it was just a simple and genuine just, hey, if you guys ever want to talk, I'm here for you. And um, it actually has been very therapeutic to talk to people and educate people. And it was just a campaign to go in and talk about race and open up a conversation about, hey, this is my point of view. This is how um, our, these are my experiences growing up. And, um, you know, I just ask people to empathize with this. And um, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to do that when you haven't had. Um, things happen to you if you um, don't if you aren't a person of color and so um, it's just really understanding and educating people that really have been oblivious to the situation of racism in America and just letting people know and educating them and hey watch this documentary watch this listen to this podcast 
um, read this book. And people have been actually doing that and taking into account of, you know, I need to be better in, um, in this, in this, uh, uh, racism that's happened in America. So it's good. I mean, it's been, you know, we've sold over 1200 shirts and, uh, I, I've reached out to over 200 people on social media platforms of just, uh, people saying, Hey, how can I help? And it's been great. And, uh, honestly, I, I never imagined it to get this big, to be honest with you, but I'm, you know, it's, uh, it surpassed every, um, you know, it's it surpassed everything that I imagined, but I'm happy about it. Well, that's wonderful. And I know a lot of the proceeds are going to Gideon's Army, um, which is yeah. Nashville-based, but does a lot of good work. Uh, how can people uh, how can people contribute? Where can they find shirts? So just go on my Instagram, go on my Twitter. All the links are in my bios. Um, and then you can learn about what the Plus One Effect is. You can learn about what Gideon's Army does uh, in the inner city of, of Nashville. Uh, it's honestly, this campaign has taken off and it's, uh, it's even more amazing to see people around the A's organization wearing the shirts, Bo Mel's wearing the shirt. And, uh, you know, people are open to talking about race and people are open to talking about what's going on in America. And, you know, honestly, I just want unity for all of us. And I think it's just a time right now, what we're going through is, it's uh it's difficult and uh you know this country is divided right now and um you know i just want everybody to treat everybody else how they want to be treated it's a it's a very simple it's a very simple way of living but you know right now it seems like we're having a difficult time with it so um you know hopefully we can continue to change and um you know be what we want to see in the world yeah that's a what a nice way to conclude this and for people that want to know your twitter couldn't be easier it's at tony kemp i don't know how you got that but uh <laughs> you must <laughs> have been nice. an early adopter man but uh that's i actually um i actually went on and uh my agency messaged twitter and said that it, i i actually was tony kemp six and then uh twitter said since i had a little bit more clout that they would give me just my name so i was like yes wow that's impressive. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna yeah. start being even nicer to you. You're, you're big. I know people. <laughs> That's right. So go to go, go find him on Twitter at Tony Kemp or on Instagram, uh, Tony Kemp. Thanks so much for joining us on A's Plus. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Our thanks again to a second baseman, Tony Kemp, for joining us on A's Plus. We've already told you how to find him on Twitter. On Instagram, he's at Tony Kemp. Six. Our producers today were G. Allen Johnson and King Kaufman. We'll be back again later in the week with more A's Plus. Thanks for listening. <laughs>